it's just it's fucking out of control, man. Is she supposed to be in there? Uh, no, but there's no trash for her to get, so okay, we're good. We're good here. I she's she's oh. a yeah. She came right back out disappointed. Like, okay, nothing for me in here. All right. She's a wild card. I know she is. She's a beautiful, perfect angel wild card. She is. She also has a penchant for trash. Yeah, she's a perfect little trash goddess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Trash panda. Warrior poet princess. <laughs> All right, my friend. I am ready when you are. Cool. Let's fucking start the podcast. You know. I'm and you're go. You're, I'm, I'm giving you the start today. Ooh, tis I, tis you. Well, oh my God, he pulled you off. I get it. She has flips and stuff. If we say that, they won't keep listening. Morons of the Motherfuckers. Hello there, morons of the multiverse. We're lumping you all in as part of us now. We, the collective royal we, we. are the morons. You listening, we speaking. And not like we in the Midwestern aspect, where like... You know, we all refer to each other or ourselves as we's. That's like, true. I've noticed I do that a lot, but, uh, you know. We yeah. get down like that. Yeah, yeah, we're all a collective up here. But you are all a collective of us, and we're glad that you're listening. If, that if that's is what's right. Happening. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And that's my pal Mike McGarry dropping those sage pearls of wisdom upon you. Always here for some Midwestern charm and, you know. An annoying Midwestern voice. So, yeah, guys, it's great to be here. Yeah, pumped as well. My name is Derek Weber, and this is a good fun media joint. Morons of the Multiverse. Getting down with the get down. Got that new hit hit joint. <laughs> that new hit joint. Yeah, <laughs> I, I miss the 90s when anymore. people just referred to things as joints all the time. That, that new joint hit. Yeah. Just can't quit. Gotta, Gotta get, get jiggy, jiggy with, with it. it. That's, that's it. it. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's it. The bops out here. That's how you know we're fucking old. <laughs> that's, fucking, that's so true. That's definitely how you know we're old. It's the Willennium, guys. We're just living in it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Enter the Willennium. So well, we actually have a good show for you tonight, I think. That's the hypothesis. <laughs> yeah, that's the theory that we're operating with. We think it's a good show. So what we're doing is we are we're talking phase five. The future is here. It's a new year. You'll be listening to this in early January. We are, in fact, recording it in mid-December, getting ahead of the game. New year, uh, new us. New year, new us. Well, really, yeah, we hope we'll find out next month. <laughs> But yeah. we want to talk Phase 5. We want to just run down the whole list of everything. For every show, every movie, we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk what we know about them, what we know based on casting announcements combined with where characters left off in various past projects. We're going to do some light hypothesizing. We're going to throw some prediction stuff out there at you here and there as we feel so inspired. And we're just going to rejoice 
in the fact that Phase 5 is upon us. A new phase. How, how exciting. New phase of Marvel. Hey, this should make everybody happy because they all hated Phase 4. Yeah, which I, I don't understand. It has its misses, but Phase 4 is a beaut. It is. It's great. Phase I think 4 is a beaut, man. There's a lot of really, really good content in there. Yeah. And uh, I think it far outweighs More know, hits the than bad. misses. Yeah. Yeah. And no phase has been perfect. Phase 3 is the closest to perfect still, and I'll grant that to people. Fair enough. But I would argue Phase 4 is better than Phase 1 or Phase 2 in its totality. Yeah, because we've talked about this before, but it just if you look back at Phase 1 and Phase 2 and you try to tell me, I, I can I could probably name off about 10. They're each about 50 maybe 50. About 8 movies out of those that are just not either rather rather relevant across the two um, phases or, which comprise of 11 films total yeah so man. about half are hits half are misses about yeah. six good to five not so good yeah when it really boils down and that and phase four is a higher hitting percentage than that but to be real more total projects yeah to be real too though i mean real you a lot of them don't even they're disjointed from where we are even now there's a lot of stuff in there that doesn't even it's not even relevant currently that's true but, you know, I will say one of my things with Phase 4 that at times has been a, a criticism that is fair is there's almost too many building blocks per project for things outside of that direct project. And that I do think there's that a, that's... There's almost too much <clears throat> self-building happening. And I think that that's an incredibly fair criticism. Um, I would say on the contrary, I'll play the devil's advocate to that. At some point, you need to build. Um, and yes, you, you may be overbuilding, um, but we, if you trust in Kevin Feige, you should probably think that there's a big reason for why this is happening. Yep. I don't think the man, you know, made a movie like the Eternals, um, and was like, you know what, we're going to scrap everything that happened in there. I just can't, I, I still can't believe that. No, like, we'll deal with, so there will be ramifications that, for the Eternals eventually, but we we should uh, we should save that. So we're doing this out of order here, folks. By the way, also a little yeah, peek behind order. the microphone. Next week we're doing our Phase Four recap, so we can go more into depth about Phase Four next week, which for you guys will come out before this episode you're listening to, which will be the Phase Five predictions that'll follow that by a couple weeks. So it's going to be a little disjointing for us momentarily. But we're just going to hold those Phase 4 thoughts. Save the juice for next week. Sweet, sweet juices. That's sweet juices. <laughs> if, you, if you listen to our hero draft, you'll know all about the sweet juices. It's If you haven't, go all the way back to the beginning. <clears throat> it's right at the top for you. It's never going away. Never going away. It'll be there forever. So. Phase Fizzive. Fave Jeez, oh, Pete's. Phase Fizzive. Did I do that? I think One, I did two, it wrong three, again. Four, five. Fizzive. Plead the fizzive. So, Quantum Mania. Quantum Mania. Uh, this is a project that I have been more excited for than a lot of other Marvel projects in the past couple years. Like, this was right up there. Is this and Guardians 3, which is next on our list. And, uh, and Wakanda Forever were the big three I was most excited for three to four years ago when this whole slate was announced. Yeah, I mean, you've always been a big Ant-Man guy. I am. So there's that. Both films are higher on my rankings than the average person, for sure. But to kick off Phase 5 with Quantumania is such a balls-out move. Like, that, whatever way you want to, you know, pulling your pants down, whatever you want to do, it's such a good start. And, like, 
I think that that's kind of, you know, back to where I was getting ahead of myself, but like, you really want to go and say, you know, well, phase four didn't have a whole lot of, uh, too many tie-ins. This is why. Yeah. Um, I think Quantumania is going to be what we thought uh, Multiverse of Madness was going to be. This is the foundational piece of the future. Yep. Yeah. This is where we really this is. start. And to... Multiverse of Madness, we're going to look back at three years from now and see more bricks than we thought were there. Because that, that movie's not going to go unused like you were just saying. Uh, what movie were you just saying that about? You know, uh, Eternals. Oh, yeah, Eternals, yeah. It's the obvious same. one. Yeah, but yeah, no, same. Like, same thing as Eternals, where there's going to be things that are of consequence of that, for sure. But this movie, yeah, Kang, the the microverse, if you will. Uh, like, everything in the quantum realm is going to be so devastatingly important for the entire foundation of the multiverse saga. We're talking about also getting a little bit more backstory on Miss Janet Van Dyne here. Um, yeah. And really kind of seeing what the hell happened while she was gone. Um, Pumped. I mean, there. What if, if I'm not correct here, she was gone how many years on Earth? 20 plus. 20 plus. And in the microverse, we're talking about, what, 100 years? Something to that effect? A, a very yeah, long amount of time. Yeah. Um, that that's a whole lifespan that she was essentially able to live um, outside of the you know regular timeline. I want to see the scope of her quantum powers at this point as well. Yeah, I want to see that. That trailer is amazing, by the way. Oh, it's fantastic. That trailer is special. Um, yeah, there's so many things I'm pumped to see about that. All of what you were just describing, wonderfully exciting. Um, adult Cassie Lang, or well, young. Late teen, young adult, whatever. adolescent, yeah, adult teenager, adult teenager. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean Kamala Khan's age, basically. Yeah, like we're 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 getting that young Avengers team together, baby. We're coming for it. And that's that's we've talked about setups a lot. This is what it's all about. You yeah, have to grow with these people, just as we're getting old and we remember Will Smith's Millennium. Um, you know, in 10 years, the young bucks will take over whether we want them to or not. Let's lay some foundations and give them a good, good thing to ride into in 10 years. Y'all will be crying about these people dying. Um, you know, just like we did with Tony Stark. So it's, that's the, it's that set up. We're getting Kang more Kang. This Jonathan Majors performance is special already. Just from the one episode of television, we got it in so far. He is one of my absolute favorite villains of all time. And now we're getting him as a proper villain for a movie. And I think, here, I'll throw my first prediction into the cut here. I think we're getting multiple iterations of this character in one film. I, I, don't, I think Kang is both one of their key allies and their key adversary. He's Burger Kang, because you can have it your way. Ooh, and he's going to give it to you so many ways. <sighs> Do you know there's like a million different ways to make a Whopper? I, I don't know. I bet. You know, they got enough toppings. You do the custom blends of each yeah. ones and do additions and whatever. Sure. Fuck yeah. I read it on a Whopper wrapper the other day, but <laughs> Burger Kang, um, we're going to get him a lot of different ways, I think. And I yeah. think to your point, yeah, that prediction right on par with what my prediction was going to be is that he's going to be both your and or an antagonist, but not that that's too surprising based on what we kind of right. got out of him before, but. And furthermore, um, the antagonist Kang of this movie 
isn't even the big bad Kang that no. we'll ultimately deal with in the pair of Avengers movie slated for Phase 6. Yeah, not even close. I think, yeah. yeah this we're is getting... just another iteration. Like, not even the prime one, just one of. Yeah. Or a few of, I should say. A few say. of, I think, is what we're talking about here. It's It's almost to that point where, like you said, I think that we'll see... You know, Janet having almost uh, like he's a very uh, a very bipolar, um, you know, character where I wonder if she knows that there's so many versions of him, um, whereas maybe she had thought that it was just that this it's this one iteration of this person and she keeps getting different sides from them. Um, we're going to see. And like I, said, I think that that's the for me, that's the most exciting part of it. I mean, not that I'm not just thrilled in total. Um, but Kang, I, I, I think we've been really waiting for this, and I don't think it's going to let us down at all. I agree. Uh, Kang is definitely the highlight. A couple other things of note. Bill Murray as a member of the cast in an unannounced role. Uh, Modoc is announced, and there's like a blink-if-you-miss-it screen grab that you see some of his form in the trailer, but uh, we're still waiting to see, like, full-scale glimpse of what MODOK will look like in the MCU. But I'm thrilled to see that, because that's just such an interesting comic Marvel villain. It is, and every time I see him, I just think of Krang from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Fair. But um, nonetheless, uh, yeah, we're going to get another Patton Oswalt. <laughs> like, how much Patton Oswalt can we pause? I, I, I can't it, get enough, personally. I'm, oh, I'm fine always with here it. for Patton. But, yeah, I, I think... Yeah, no, I I don't think this. I don't think it's his <coughs> Kang. I I meant Mo, yeah, Modok. Yeah, yeah, or his Modok. I mean, yeah. Um, th- that show's funny though. I haven't watched it, but I need it, to. It's it's not amazing, but it's funny. Yeah. It, it's worth a it's worth a go. It's no Harley Quinn the animated series, which I know I've raved to you about before, but right. that's one that's all green lights. You gotta watch. Yeah, Kang or Modok is worth worth the watch, but it's not as good as Harley Quinn. Um. I th- oh here's my my next theory about this movie, the Modoc we're gonna get is in fact, uh, my guy the Yellow Jacket from the first Ant Man movie, because uh, he gets folded into his suit essentially at the end of the first Ant Man movie. I think it's his head attached to that like suit mechanism, uh, in some cooler looking form that he's like reconstructed around himself down there. But I think he's been in the quantum realm in developing as Modoc ever since. I think that it, that's a very interesting prediction. Um, I think it tracks for sure, but I guess we'll have to see. We shall. It will be seen. Not that long from now. February. No. Right around the corner. Right around the corner. Hell, tickets might be available for pre-sale by the time we air this puppy. You got it. So, next on our list, which... Oh, actually, one last thing I want oh, to shout out okay. about Quantumania no, no, no. real quick. Go, go, go. Um... The actress they cast to replace Cassie Lang. Delightful casting choice. Really, really wonderful young performer. I think they've done uh, they've done really well um, with the casting of the younger... As much as I would miss the child that was Cassie Lang. Cause, uh, it's fair. She was just such a sweetheart. So I guess she's, like a, she's a retired league member now. Yeah. Because we'll no longer see her going forward. And now her next appearance, the character Cassie Lang, is hero version... So, yeah, uh, the in-memoriam wing essentially gains Cassie Lang of the, in the league. I, that's fair. Yeah, that's how she goes. Well, like you said, that's, yeah. They all grow up. They all grow up or they uh, they soup out. 
Yeah, grow up or soup out. There you go. She did a bit of both. <laughs> when your dad is Ant Man. When your dad is Ant Man. Guardians Trey. Guardians Trey. I think this is uh, goes without saying, but I think that this is going to really, really. You go from Quantumania, which I don't think is going to be a super heartfelt film um, or anything to that effect. I think we'll have our moments for sure. Definitely some emotions to come. But Guardians Volume 3 is going to be, I think, nothing but emotions. I think it's going to be incredibly emotional. I think it's going to be... I think it's fun because if you've seen the holiday special, uh, by the way, uh, spoiler alert if we're going to give it that. This is months yeah, down the road. Spoiler but alert still. We've gotten Drax to be you know, a, a much more funny character. Um, he was funny in the first place, but like they really amped that up. Um, you've got the fact they're leaned on his chemistry with Mantis so much oh, is awesome. Cause those, those two as a duo is like rocket and Groot level quality. Dude, the they're big... just a, such a prime duo together. They play off each other so well. Pam Clamantif is a delight as oh, Mantis and like the guardian special gives her the green light to just be even weirder and ratchet up as well. Like you're saying with Drax and I fucking love all of it. That in, yeah, I mean, it goes without saying not to, you know, get all downtrodden here or anything, but at the very end, you know, when her and uh, she tells Pete, like, yeah, you're my brother, like, that's fucking big. And I think that this is where we start to see, like, at the end of Guardians Volume 3, whatever happens to Peter, um, I don't think Mantis, Mantis is still relatively newer to this universe, um, and I don't think that it's, you know, she's going to see the send-off. I think that we will have... I don't know if you want to call it some iteration of the Guardians or whatever, but some of the Guardians still lingering around after this. Um, but which ones? I don't know. But my guess, one of my predictions here is that Mantis for sure makes it through. She would be the one of any of them that I would guarantee is probably going to make it through this. Yeah, I uh, I have Mantis labeled safe and returning in a different form, even if it's not a Guardians team. Yep. They'll find room for her somewhere. And, you know, there's plenty of cosmic projects out there. There's plenty of places you can place her. Uh, not that she didn't have already what the Guardians have, which is, like, Island of Misfits toys. Um, like, her, her her father, essentially, Ego, did not treat her very well. Um, was e- essentially using her. Um, but now she's getting, it goes even further, and I'm already, you know, just thinking that Pete's going to die. Um, but, like... She now she loses everything. Now you really are a guardian. Like you've lost everything. You have nothing else now. You have truthfully been. You have truly been indoctrinated into being a guardian of the galaxy. That is like the prerequisite um, for any of them is to be, you know, benept of any kind of actual human love and uh, togetherness. Um, so I, th- I think that that's one of my biggest predictions there is that by the end, I think she does either, she ends up, you know, alone, um, outside of the family that she's been able to build. Like you just see this different side of her emerge. Um, she's starting to grow with them. Um, they accept her in with all of them. And now I think, like I said, I think that that would be one of my b- bigger predictions there, but to move on, Adam Warlock. I mean, Adam Warlock, on uh, Back to the Guardians holiday special, one more thing that's very, very noteworthy, and blink, you miss it, they are now the proud tenants of nowhere. 
Yeah. The owners and tenants of Nowhere, the phanta- the destroyed celestial head. They have overtaken a head. Yeah, well, they they purchased it from the Grand Collector. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, it's, it's just, what an interesting plot choice. Like, <clears throat> I listened to an interview with James Gunn that he did a couple weeks ago um, that was about the holiday special. And... He said he pitched this back when he did Guardians 1. He's like, at some point, we got to do a Guardians holiday special. It'd just be too funny. It's great. At the time, he pictured it as like an ABC thing. You know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. Disney Plus wasn't around yet. Um, and they finally came up with the script and worked out days that they could film it between uh, filming days of Guardians 3. And they basically just wedged it into that filming calendar. Um <clears throat> Apparently, Kevin Bacon just said yes immediately. It was just like, yeah, that sounds hilarious. I'm in. Love that. I hate <coughs> anything Christmas. Like, I am the biggest Grinch when it comes to that shit. I fucking loved yeah, the Guardians delightful. holiday special. It's delightful. It's it does It didn't need to be anything crazy or outlandish. It is exactly what you would want it to be. And it is so much fun. And there's so much in there, I think, that you can derive from it. That actually really matters. Oh, well, he and that was the other part of the interview I was uh, going to allude to. He states, he's like, and the timing of it, where we have to transition so many years away from the last time we saw these characters mm-hmm. to where they currently are, worked great for me to just wedge in a bunch of information I want my audience to have before the movie. It's like, it's perfect. It's essentially just a, a prequel. He's like, it's just a, a huge little setup for Guardians 3. And Kevin uh, Bacon. And Kevin Bacon. He comes out. Oh, you wonderful. Get Kevin Bacon fronting a band. The Him in full panic mode till she touches him and says, you will follow us. And he's like, hey, where are we going? Yeah, let's go. Wonderful. It's awesome. Yeah. Uh, oh, that, the, the special's good. Um, it was funny. I saw a whole article that was like, Marvel releases its first project without a villain. And it's like, yeah, it's a fucking Christmas story. Like, it's... The, the, the... I'm, yeah, I'm not going to comment on that. I mean, I don't know. I just like it's clickbait. It's just a clickbait headline. I just laughed at the way it was phrased. It's yeah. I, you don't it's technically accurate. I mean, there's not a villain in the movie. No. I guess if you really want to classify a villain, it's Mantis and Drax for kidnapping Kevin Bacon. Correct. And but they did it out of love. They did. There and was, they, were, they were always going to return him. Well intent. Yeah, it, they or, always planned to take him back. Or their their mistaken Maybe. thought that Yandu ruined Christmas. Only yeah. to find out that at the end, again, let's just throw in the fucking waterworks. No, Yandu didn't ruin Christmas. Yandu in fact, caught the Christmas spirit. He brought the fucking Christmas spirit. Like, he, he, he started out, you With know. With Pete's kinda... first blasters. <sighs> it's just beautiful. And the little doll. And uh, another just shout out, Sean Gunn. Oh, my God. He's has, he only has like eight total lines in this thing. And they, Doesn't he matter. Make, he just delivers. He's so good. Craggs is just such a fucking babe. We love you, Craggs. I, I, yeah. Just, it, I just want to like give you a big hug. Love you, bad. <laughs> that part where he's like asks them. He's like, "What's that thing on your head for?" Oh, it kind of controls an arrow that I, I I'm not quite you know too good at y- <laughs> yet. It's like you don't want to. We don't want to mess around with that right now. I don't want to impale you. Like, <laughs> yeah, just not even. Yakiro is not coming out today, folks. Not going to be needed. No. So. And one last last shout out of the holiday special. Cosmos here. Cosmo is here. Cosmos here, people. 
So, what a goodest little dog. She's such a little treat. Also ties in a little bit to uh, Drax. I, I'm going to go back to Drax here for a second, but um, fast forward to like the volume three um, trailer there where Drax beams the little uh, like the the little space child with a ball. <laughs> yep. Drax yep. has gone full, just, just complete, absolute lack of any kind of empathy. <laughs> Um, he's always been that they're just using it more comedic ways like this now but now they're they're they've gone full out with it like he's beaming children with balls like and laughing about it he's stealing little christmas elves and act like acting like they're i mean that whole thing he's a he's a man with with his mentality who now no longer is suffering through the trauma of his past that he was when we first met him Right. Remove the trauma, and this is what you get now. A jovial person who likes to watch other people be in pain. Yeah. Like, no, Drax, you can't kill them. Zero? Zero. What about just a couple? No. No. None. So, yeah, it's, it's great. That stuff's great. Yeah, it's that trailer's great because it does give you a handful of jokey lines still, and you see the, the quippy Guardians crew doing their thing. But so you get a whole lot of... You don't really get much of the story out of it directly. You see Adam Warlock very briefly. Uh, you see like a literal screenshot of the Grand Inquisitor. We're finally gonna get your rocket story, um, where we're gonna get the we're gonna get to the beginning where we get cute Layla. little Layla and cute little trash panda, um, baby little trash panda, which is just gonna kill everybody. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. gonna be too fucking cute. Too um, fucking cute. Layla the Otter's here, folks. We're about to get into deep emotional territory um, where that's where I was saying this movie is going to be. I, I don't think it's going to have the uplifting laugh, you know, the whole thing through or anything like I think we're talking like the very end of Guardians 2, but almost the entire movie. It's going to be very, very hard to watch, I think, in a, in a good way. Um, yeah, it's going to be... <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, it's going to be emotionally gripping stuff with all the classic Guardians banter we've come to love. But yeah, I, I, I'm very, very curious. Um, Adam Warlock in you know in the comics is a interesting character to say the least. Um, but I half wonder, like I said, it's with who he was created by, how he was created. Um, and then his intent, or what the intent was when creating him, um, you wonder if you know what he ends up doing it becomes a reason for him to change, it, or, or think through uh, almost like vision. You know, when yeah, vision you, was created. You wonder if the, you wonder if the journey towards anti-hero begins here, or if he's more anti, less hero in this whole story, and right. later the turn starts to come. Right. One, one would guess it would be here. Yeah, I would think so. I think you've got enough storyline here to make that work. Um, I just... Could I'm, even be at the end of the story? I would think that that would be the way that it would go, because I don't... You want to be able to tell a whole cognizant story. You've got a lot of moving pieces here. Maybe you see a Peter self-sacrifice moment. One of the, some, some of the devastation we're referring to here. And yeah, to try to up show and help him afterwards. Yeah. yeah, something like that to that effect. But I think, yeah, I think that, um, and I can't remember the actor's name who's playing him, but um, I think that that's the best way to use him. He's very, he can be a very lighthearted, and I think it would be very tough for me to watch him 
Um, and I, he, maybe he'll prove me entirely wrong, um, but it would be tough to watch him in a very serious role for too long. Will Poulter. Will Poulter. And it's interesting because he does do serious very well, but he, he does. is an uh, actor with great comedic timing also. He, he has great comedic timing. He just seems to be a very um, more bright energy character. Like, he does very well in those areas where he can just be kind of, again, to, to use your word and steal it there, it would be, like, jovial. Um, you'd like to see him happy. Um, so I knew I really liked this kid when I saw him in Were the Millers back in 2013. That's, dude, and that's exactly where I was going to go with it. Like, it's, it's, it's almost a throwaway movie, but he was, he was hilarious in it. As a, like a teenager, that movie's hilarious. That's it's a great. Good, that's a good movie. It, it's very good. That movie's a good movie. No Ragrats, man. Come on now. It's one of the very few, like, if you want to call it like comedies. It, it, I mean, it's a comedy. I just, I'm very, very, I guess, pretentious when it comes to comedies these days. Uh, I don't know whether it's just me and I don't laugh at anything anymore or what. I don't know, but it, it's it's hard for me. We've all been desensitized. We've all been desensitized. It'll be fun to see the Sovereign again and see what those dickheads have been up to. <laughs> It will indeed be fun to see the Sovereign again. Uh, they are a delightful part of Volume Two. What was what was the guy? You suck. Was it? It's not Sarlacc. I'm thinking Sarlacc. I can't think of his name now, but yeah. Yeah, I'm, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, any good. closing thoughts on Volume Three? Uh, no, other than I think it's probably my most anticipated movie of the next. At least a couple of years, and that's including anything on the docket for MCU or anything outside of that. It is funny because looking ahead to the rest of Phase 5, it definitely starts with two of the things I'm most excited about in the entire phase. And then, there's you know, there's other stories I'm pumped for as well, but it is a one-two punch of like, oh, two of the biggest highlights of the entire phase here for sure. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm going to need, yeah, some serious consoling after that. So I'll just say that right now. Secret Invasion. Secret in- All right. So we're going to go and uh, throw a show in here then. Well, it's in the release order. I got you. I got you. You I'm went not- in release order. I, I feel you here. All yeah. right. That's a good go idea. Go in release order. Uh, I, that's really... So it, throwing that in there in the release order and where, where it's, it's actually going between to be at, the two movies. Right. It is going to throw a wrench in everything that we thought we knew already. Like, it, I love it very well could go back, I mean, to the very beginning. I love it. I, I, in fact, we can talk about it first. We can talk about Secret Invasion first, but I want to play a game with you after we talk about the show for a bit. All right. Uh, we're going to guess, who's that scroll? Oh, boy. That's Whoa. right. I'm, I'm going to just name some project. I'm just going to name some Marvel projects of past. And you're going to tell me if you think there was a scroll in there all along. That's fair. All right. It's going to be fun. We're going to find out later. I'm in. uh, Just a little tease for a couple minutes from now. Not a very far away tease. So is this where we start to see that, you know, because obviously we've been introduced to the scrolls so far, but we've also been introduced to the scrolls that seemingly are just refuge, like refugees. You know, they essentially are, they want out of this war um, with the Kree. Um, They've been, you know, oppressed. Um, and essentially been made out to look like the bad guys when I think we know, uh, even just watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the Kree suck. The Kree suck hard, bruh. Yeah, they're awful. Um, so y- 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 we wonder if we're going to start seeing here, like, 
you know, almost uh, like these conspiracy theorists and like the reptilians in our government and, you know, things like that. I, I think that that's what we, that's where we're going to have the curtain lifted on um, all of the people that we thought were, you know, for lack of a better ex- explanation, the good guys um, very, very well turn out to be this alien race that's infiltrated every part of, you know, Earth and have started to shift things in a way that they want them to be shifted. What's going to be interesting about it is that it has all the room in the world to again subvert our expectations, much like Captain Marvel does. That's actually one of the stronger parts of the Captain Marvel story. It's the best part is of it. the subversion of, oh yeah, no, the scrolls are the peaceful race here. And I think there's room to do that again, where yes, there's going to be, we're going to now realize there's good and evil in every race, including the scrolls. And we're going to meet some evil scrolls. But I also think we're going to discover some good scrolls in conflict with, surprise, surprise, the human race is the evil side. Like, so I, it's going to be interesting because there's going to be good and bad in both the human race and the scroll race all kind of intertangled as you're finding out, oh, this person was infiltrated, but that's a good, like, a lot of double and triple agents. Like, I think we're going to find out about a scroll who's undercover in, like, an evil human organization, but is one of the good scrolls. Like, I don't know. I, my mind's racing about this story. But we get to uh, Amelia Clark's making her MCU debut. going to be, uh, I will say Sam already. Sam Jackson-centric story. With Amelia Clark, I'm gonna I'm gonna err on my side of caution here, as I do with every single Game of Thrones actor actress that gets out of there. I mean, maybe she's done some good movies since that, but uh, I'll, you know, I, again, I, I'm gonna pump the brakes on any excitement there. Um, it's no not offense, that I'm Amelia thrilled, Clark. But it's not really that I'm thrilled about her being there. It's more just interesting because yeah. it has to be a significant role. One would think. Um. I'm just excited. I, I yeah, Ben Mendelsohn, man. Um, yeah, the return of Ben is good. That's that's a good thing. That's good for everybody. Um, he was again lone bright spots of Captain Marvel. Uh, future the return of Maria Hill and War Machine is also bueno mm-hmm. stuff. I wonder. Speaking of uh, secret scroll, yeah, I'll wait for your game and then I'll I'll, I'll bust that one out. But um, I think. The more that we just that we talk about it, and it, we could spin in circles on this one for hours, but it's just that this it has an opportunity to really just flip everything that we thought was going on completely on its head. So I think that you know putting this where it's at, your your first three projects of Phase Five are going to be fucking insane. Um, I think Guardians hits no matter what. Um, I think that this Secret Wars is going to also hit our Secret Invasion, Secret Wars. Um, but I, I think you know, with Quantum Mania, I'm very excited for it. But you know, it's uh, again like anything; it's to be foreseen on you know what the content will be and what it you know what it does to set things up in the future here. So, within these first three, though, you have a big, 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 big opportunity to really, really kind of. Erase, I guess, if you want to say sins of the past for phase four, um, kind of get people away from thinking about those things a little bit um, by just really going really, really heavy into some of the stuff that people have been really pining for, I guess, so to speak. Um, like I said, Secret Invasion, Secret Wars uh, are, is something that people have been 
really really jockeying on for for years the now. The placement of these three projects and this is actually an, an aspect that's not talked about as much about qu- the quote problems that people discuss in terms of level of stakes for the future and things like that throughout phase 4. The order of everything got so displaced. Sure. The production of this movie got pushed is Guardians 3 is two years later than it was intended to be in the timeline of everything. We st- uh, Quantumania should have been two movies prior to where it's actually landing. Uh, Secret Invasion's about a year late compared to where they were aiming for. So, like, these actually are, like, the last remnants on the Marvels. Like, the, these three in the Marvels are the last remnants of the most major production if you, issues Marvel has ever faced. And, and to be fair, I mean, again, I think that we all understate... Um, you know, the uh, effect that COVID really did kind of have on these things where that really just kind of threw a wrench in everything. Um, and it's, I, I think it's uh, just understated in how much that pushed things into a different direction and forced studios to kind of do things that they maybe they didn't want to do at all. Um, and that's exactly what what we're referring to here. It's just the projects that should have been done, you know, earlier, but couldn't get done. And I'm glad they didn't rush it either, though. Yeah, it's great. Because I think that that would have really cheapened it. So. Are you ready to play Guess That Scroll? I'm here for it. Find That Scroll or some version of a scroll guessing game? Yeah, scroll on. Ooh, scroll on. All right, there we go. That's that's it. Uh, scroll out. Scroll out. Ba-ba-na. Down. Scroll out. Oh, okay. Ludicrous. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I th- thought you would. Oh, I was like, man. this because like you don't have a large rap wheelhouse, but there's oh, I, know the, I know the ones that are in your in in you there. Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. Luda. That's yeah, we're really again. It just really we're pro getting, Luda we're around going these back. parts. We're going back. Going back. So uh I'm gonna start I'm gonna start at Spider Man No Way Home. Scroll or no scroll. Hmm. <laughs> I hate how they do the Far From Home and then No Way Home because I always mix them up just because of title alone. But I, yeah, I know where we're at here. Um, no scroll. No scroll. All right. I have a funny scroll guess. I'm not. I don't really think it lands. But if it does, I want it on record. Mm-hmm. J. Jonah Jameson. Mm-mm. Too obvious. But just been here sowing dissent on the planet for years. He has, but he's such a just yeah. such a turd that like I just think that he's just a human. That's I, I mean, realistically, dude, yeah, how many J. A, Jonah Jamesons are there on Earth? Sure, there's a ton. Uh, like I said, it's the one that's less likely, but it's I like wanted saying, to throw it out there. It's like saying uh, Alex Jones is a scroll. You're giving him too much credit. Yeah, you're probably right about this, but <laughs> I just see your point. But you know, to the same effect, that I'd almost be like, well, Happy Hogan's a scroll. Yeah, I'm going to clip that for the record for sure. It's like saying Alex Jones is scrolls. <laughs> Giving him too much credit is definitely a clip I want in the future. Oh, well, we're all scrolls. Everybody's living in reptilians. <laughs> Followed by the impression. <laughs> Fuck yeah. All right. Uh, Water's making the frogs gay. Next project. Okay. Uh, Ms. Marvel. Miss um, Marvel. I think that there is... Big scroll energy. I'm trying to 
think if there's anybody in particular that I can really pinpoint as being that. I'm going to say again. I'm going no scroll here. Man. My scrolls and the people that I think are scrolls generally come and it's going to come to no surprise as like government officials. Oh, I have one from this project and it is one of the government officials. Oh. It's one of the two like whatever that department is that I, like I can't think of the name. You're of. talking about the goofy the goofy interrogator guy. Yeah, it's okay. either, so technically from No Way Home and this. That would make sense then, yeah. Either him or the woman who goes rogue away from his orders and calls in that whole final uh SWAT team that rains down on him at the high school. That's fair. One of those two. Mm-hmm. Not sure which, but one of those two Big scroll vibes here. The the I, I didn't think about the interrogator guy, but he would make he makes a lot of sense to me. He in makes that. a great scroll to me, right? Yeah, because he's just really out of touch. Yeah, and very off, um, but yet still holds a somewhat very important title. Yeah, that oh, one. Yeah. All right, that one makes sense. Yep, in okay. on that one. Thought you'd like that one. All right, all right. Let's go. I'm gonna dial the clock back a little further. We're gonna go all the way back to. Let's go. Captain America: Civil War. Poor, jeez, oh, Pete's. Um, Got some big shield stuff. There's a lot of places the, one could be hiding a scroll. I'm thinking the bald guy with the glasses, government agent uh, as well, and I can't think well. of his name, but yeah, absolutely a scroll. Sitwells for a scroll. Um, I like a Sitwell scroll call. I think that that would be a good one. Um, that's. I think that that's really. There may be a couple, like I said, a couple interesting scroll picks in that one, but they're all within that shield. I can't, I can't, now I'm thinking, or forgetting the name of uh, Robert Redford. Yeah, Robert Redford. Um, Very (laughs) well. Robert Redford. Yeah, Robert Redford and very well could have been. You have to wonder if like anything that's to do with shield up in the hierarchy there is probably very scrolly. Yeah, yeah. Martin Scrolly. Yep. All right, I'm going to throw one more project at you here. Actually, I got two more. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, She-Hulk. Pug. Pug. Oh, sweet, adorable Pug. I love him. He's adorable, but he's too stupid. Ah, oh, that's fair. He, I plan to nominate him for the league in the new year. I plan because I, I want to do a, a phase four league nominations soon. I think no, we I, we've discussed this. Pug definitely has full yeah. league potential, but I think he's a scroll, mm-hmm. but a benevolent scroll. Like I think we're talking about the good scrolls here. Yeah, he's just one of the good ones, and he's just hiding out as this like yeah, let's be a lawyer and stuff. The 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 weird, really other you know out of touch, stupid guy uh, with the beard um, that gets tricked uh, you know tricked into uh, buying the Volkswagen um, for the you know for the Asgardian. Yeah, yeah, maybe scroll. Maybe scroll there. Okay. Okay. Who are your others? Uh, you know what's funny is I actually don't have a scroll call from this one. I was more curious if you did. Um, if I was to actually navigate one, it would be like either the like the the big boss at the firm, at the lawyer firm. The what about the other um, the other female lawyer that was kind of offish towards her at first she's awesome i forget that actress she was great but she's wonderful in everything she does but uh that would be a fun call as well yeah i like that too yeah uh and then the last one i want to jump over to 
is shoot, which one was it? Where is I gonna go next? I had a specific place. Oh, Eternals. Oh, now I have to think about Eternals more. Um, for the lack of just, I guess, for the overload that that movie is, and the too much going on at all times. Dude, your guess would be as good as mine. Because I can't even, like, outside of the Eternals and, like, the basic storyline of what was going... Or what was a storyline going on. It would be really tough for me to really kind of, like, put my finger... Maybe Kingo. And it sounds stupid because he is an Eternal, but I think that that would be the perfect spot for that. Very interesting. An Eternal was actually a scroll... It would make sense, though, for them to infiltrate. They, they got to, at some point, infiltrate one of these people. Like, sure. one of the higher-powered beings, for that matter. And who easier to be able to infiltrate than somebody that is absolutely full of themselves? Which, in the best way. Uh, Kumal Nanjiani is... It's just, <laughs> fucking adore him so much. Um, A-plus work in Eternals by Kumal, for sure. He was also... Uh, I, I, know there, or I think it was in uh, Black Panther. They had, like, a, a Kingo... Um, like flyer on the side of a building. Uh, fantastic stuff, guys. Keep that up. Great little placement. Uh, yeah, we can cut out some more of this damn Rogers musical shit popping up everywhere. But no, keep that. More, more Kingo. Um, more Rogers the no. musical. <laughs> no. I would like one of the. I would like one of the slow ballads from Rogers the musical, please. Oh. Can, can I? Can I get? Oh. Can I get the actor who plays Steve Rogers singing a nice, lovely ballad, please? So. My question to you, in Black Panther and Falcon and the Winter Soldier, do you have an obvious scroll? All right, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like you, I'd lean towards one of the high-up government people we see in that film, because they're amongst which there are several. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, one of my more interesting ones is that butler guy who detonates the vehicle with all the uh, mm-hmm. people at the end that works for... Uh, Allegra? Not that... He doesn't work for Allegra. He works for... Fucking what's this? Why am I blanking? Uh, Zemo. Wow. Good call. That butler guy that works for Zemo, because he's the one that picks them up in the private airplane when they fly out to Madripoor. Yep. And then he's the one that detonates that. He would be a scroll, interesting scroll to me, like Zemo's most trusted lieutenant, essentially. Yeah, I'm uh, also anyone in Madripoor is definitely on scroll watch, like yeah. literally anyone. Um, another great scroll watch right here, because of how interesting this character's changes is uh, Sharon. Yeah, no, that's a that's a. Uh, damning one like, like she's that's... one that would be fascinating to reveal that she's a scroll because like we've said one thing that stands out about that show for me still is that steve would not just leave her in the wind steve wouldn't let that happen he before he traveled back to in time at the end of endgame steve would not let sharon just like be on the lamb yeah. for helping him wouldn't do it no as a human foundationally so her being a scroll Making that story up, maybe she waxed the original Sharon and took her place and found that because there could be parts of it that are true and the rest is just filled in. 
I'm going full in on Allegra being a scroll. Allegra Val Devontaine. So we're going. I'm going here too. She is mainly very in touch with what she's doing, but the the purple streak in her hair, it's just ridiculous. She's in her fifties. It's completely out of touch. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it's I love this as so your core piece of evidence. Love unbelievably, it. like it was the one thing where I'm watching in the movie. I'm like, God, this is corny. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, Wait a second. Why would she do that? Like, as her character, who she is, how vindictive she can be. She's not the kind of person that would go and throw like a purple extension in her hair or dye one tiny little bit of her hair a different color because she's looking for some spice in life. It's it's a blending thing. One thing that is, makes that the only part of that that I would shoot down and only because of one piece of evidence is her familiarity with Everett Ross and her knowledge of them having been together in the past. But what better way to have an alias than to spend years on earth and have a, you know, have a relationship and stuff. All right. Fair enough. Somebody that's high up in the government that is also generally he's great, but can also be a little quirky and maybe a little bit goofy. Perhaps he's a scroll. It's he would also make a lot of sense in that, but almost too much sense to the point where I have to just say I think Everett Ross is safe. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, he's a human uh, for him. But yeah, I, I like I said, I, I've got I, I'd put some money on Allegra being a on a, a scroll. I, I like the Allegra scroll call. It's interesting for sure. Yeah. Uh, any other scroll predictions or anyone any others you want to ask me about? You said Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I thought you mentioned another one, too. Mm. No, I said Black Panther, but that was because I was kind of tying those uh, two. Oh, sure, yeah. Um, you know, you could even say, like, maybe even your your fake-ass Steven, or Steve Rogers. Like, you, you start, you could go down this rabbit hole. That's the point I'm making um, sure. about, you know, Secret Invasion in particular is you could almost make a case for anybody. It's part of the fun. It's the, the whole fun of all of it is just this mystery box of what is what what have we been watching yeah i mean like i said it, very well you could see uh you know a happy hogan um had been a scroll the whole time clint and his entire family oh god not clint <laughs> don't do it don't <laughs> if they do it to clint and they drag his ass through another 10 years of movies i will lose my shit <laughs> we're about uh. to we, we were we were just about to rid ourselves of him finally <laughs> You're letting Ren Dog retire, eh? Please. Just like his music career. Hang it up. Hang it up. Nobody uh, wants it. We don't want your weird streaming app. Like, <laughs> you know, thank you for the years as Hawkeye. You know, the beginning foundational years. That's fantastic. But I'm done. I don't need a guy running around with a bow and arrow anymore. Yeah, we have Not, a- I don't need it. We've got his replacement. And she's, and she's ten better. times more fun. Yeah, she is more fun. Way she's, more fun. She's a treat. I'd hang out with her. I would too. If it weren't socially unacceptable and weird in like a Drake way, um, but she's like twenty six. All right, fuck. Then that's fine. Um, no, but, she's like she's like twenty six. Fair enough. But yeah, it, Haley, it, Haley Steinfeld's been around a while. All right, good. That's yeah. In the show though, she, she in the show she's well, she's in college. She is in college. All right, yeah. cool. Yeah, we're good. She's then. like nineteen or twenty. Still in the be, show. Yeah, I'm like thirty five, man. Well, yeah, no. Yeah, still I still don't want to hang out with a 19-year-old, no. but a 26-year-old in, in terms of real life. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah, totes fine. All right, but yeah, way more fun, way cooler. Um, 
you know, doesn't have this dusty, musty old, like, I've been through everything kind of thing going on. Like, sorry, J-Dog. Um, love you, dude, but I'm done, I'm done with that ride. Please do not make him a scroll. The, the, the mad scientist, though, uh, from Thor, um, from Avengers. Sure, yeah. Very, very scroll vibes. Yeah, uh, yep. Yeah, and again, like, it could be also versions of them that got swapped out after we could have known the real version and now an imposter is in place of them there's so many ways that this can be woven i i'm 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 pumped this is this is a project that like i wasn't as excited about a couple years ago and it was more in the abstract now that we're getting closer to it i'm excited that it's the next tv show up like that's a that's a cool next tv show uh, especially coming off of she hulk which was one of my favorite shows on disney plus so far it's fantastic but is very lighthearted and silly and loose and absurdist and breaks the fourth wall and all things I love, but this is a fun 180 away from that. A little spy espionage thriller. I'm very I'm very excited for the return of some more like Winter Soldier vibes. Like I'm very much expecting a story in tone in line with Winter Soldier, which is awesome. Well, I think the fact that we've been talking about it now for about 20 minutes. I think should kind of tell you the scope of where we've turned to with it. It's true. Which, actually, now that I just said Winter Soldier three times in a row, I have to ask you my last Guardians question Ooh. that I never got back to. Where's Bucky's arm? Bucky's fucking arm! Yeah, where is Bucky? Where's Bucky? What happened to Bucky? How did they get his arm? Is it a replica? Oh, is it the real thing? It's the real thing, baby. It looks Rock- like the real thing. It looks like a real version. Look, if, if Rocket saw it and it wasn't the real thing, he would have... If anybody knows what that arm looks like, it's that raccoon. That raccoon's been fixated on that arm. wanting that damn arm, and he wants it bad. Like, I gots to know how the fuck that happened. I need answers for that. You have to wonder if, yeah, like, did they buy it from him? Um, Did Bucky just be like, you know know what I need? I got an upgrade anyways, so, like, here, here's this. Give it to Rocket. He'll love it. Are Bucky and Rocket now really good friends? And Bucky's like, you know, my best friend, the Rocket Raccoon... Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you my so, arm for him. So for we Christmas. know that Rocket at one point was exchanging emails with Earthbound characters, since Natasha says in Endgame that she receives emails from a raccoon. Nothing seems weird anymore. Correct. So like, it's possible that Rocket still has contacts on Earth, and therefore Nebula also having spent five years in regular contact with those on Earth could have as well. So uh, who yeah. gives him the gift? So who I. I just I got to know. Oh, we got we we're gonna I find it. So to know. I don't know that we're gonna. Oh, we're going to. We better. That's actually like one of the weirdest seeds in that whole movie, is fucking Rocket receiving Bucky's arm as a gift. It's actually gonna wrap into another one of my predictions where we find out and Rocket uses that arm in Guardians Three. In some way, that arm becomes a part of that movie. Oh, yeah, there's no way no that way he's they not ga- using the arm. Yeah, no, for sure. No way they gave him that arm for no reason. Yeah, I mean, it's a vibranium arm. He's going to find use even if for the, for the vibranium somehow. And that's saying something in the, in the light that, like, Rocket was very particular about just stealing prosthetics in particular and having absolutely no use for them. Like, he just wanted that guy's, what was, what was his eye? Was it his eye? 
that he wanted. Yeah, he got, he got, yep, he wanted the eyeball. He, he wants people's artificial extremities. Correct. And there's no real like yeah, there's 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 definitely a deep-seated reason for it, but like yeah, the arm wasn't a laugh. Yeah. It wasn't a laugh joke. It was like I well, want that arm. He also just likes to fuck with people. <laughs> he does, but it, but now no, he's there's got a this deeper thing desire a, for that arm for sure. Yeah, it's it's like you know reaching. He sees like, the value in that arm. Yeah, no, and I, I'm into it. I'm, I'm here. for I'm it. willing to bet Rocket can recognize vibranium very quick. Yeah, he can. He, as I mean, rare a substance as it is, we don't give Rocket enough props for being a literal genius. Yeah, it's true. He's not thought of amongst the highest intelligence creatures in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but he absolutely is one of them. He created a bomb to blow up a whole entire human planet, or human god planet. Out of annulax uh, batteries. Harbulary batteries. That's not, not what they're called at all. Harbulary batteries. Herbulary. So yeah, anyways. All right. So I'd say we have indeed covered Secret Invasion thoroughly. Echo. So Echo being next. Echo, I, I'll, I'll be straightforward with you here. This is probably my least anticipated um, anything coming up in the next couple of years. This is one of those that I I have said to you before. I'm a big fan of Hawkeye as the, the series overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it over-delivered on most people's expectations. I think people had a very low low hopes for Hawkeye overall, especially when you compare to like Loki and other things that people were more thrilled about in that time period. I did, and I actually ended up liking most of it. So we'll go there. But it's funny that Echo picks up on most of the parts that landed the worst for me in Hawkeye. That's kind of my point. Which is like, but one thing we know about the MCU, second chances and redemptions for characters, not just in a story level, in the meta level, are very real. They kind of figure out, they learn from their mistakes and... They change this and change that, and you get the 2.0 versions usually wind up for the better. Not every character's had an elite origin point in the MCU. Some of them need time. So I'm, I'm, this is one of those that I'm going into with an open mind. I'm less thrilled than most of the other slate, like you are. But there's things to, there's things to be optimistic about. More time with Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin can't be a bad thing. It didn't work well in Hawkeye, but he got very limited screen time. I think a deeper run with him and and a run with him more pissed off now, having been shot. We're supposed to believe he's dead, but obviously we all know better. But having been shot at the end of Hawkeye, this version we're going to pick up with, I imagine is going to be a more angry, more fired up, more impassioned version of the character now that he's got something to be vengeful about. So that's something to be optimistic for. More time with Matthew Murdoch is always a plus. Especially like this this version of Matthew Murdoch is a treat. It's interesting because I love Charlie Cox in the uh, Netflix series. All three seasons are incredible in my opinion. But this is a different take. This is a different Matthew Murdoch than that series. And it's also great. So if, if I will. Please. We've gone into talking about Echo and almost immediately started talking about Kingpin and Daredevil, which I think kind of goes back to my point where I think a lot of what we're going to see seems a little bit less about the actual focal character in Echo themselves um, and a little bit more around the cast and the puzzle 
that seems to be being put together around them. Um, you know, very well possible. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, it's been a while since I've watched Hawkeye. Um, but towards the end, she kind of has a little bit of a falling out with um, with Kingpin. Um, correct? Yeah, she's the one that shoots him yeah. at the end. So, and again, uh, like I said, I hated the end of that so much that I, I think I blocked it out um, to save myself the pain. Um, but to have, you know, Daredevil um, or, you know, Matt Murdock there <clears throat> kind of team up um, with her, you know, to kind of fight a common, you know, common enemy, one of his bigger common enemies. I don't, I, I don't think in this series that team up really ever really takes him on. And if so, it's a, in a very, very short spurt uh, because not to get ahead of myself, but I think that that's where we end up, um, you know, midway to end way through the end or to uh, Daredevil. Um, when we get that, but I don't know. Um, like I said, I, I want to be pleasantly surprised by this, and I think it very well maybe. Um, I just think that we're in the midst of a character that may be a little forced, um, and maybe that is the unfortunate buildup of her character um, in the origin that took place there, but it just it, it just comes off flat to me. So she is actually one of my things I like about Hawkeye as well. So I do want to point that out. Like sure. it's yeah. it's more the Vincent D'Onofrio weakness that that was stunning to me in Hawkeye. I think she's great in Hawkeye. Um, I like her brutal fighting style. I'm looking. I, I'm hoping that with this being more centric on Daredevil and Kingpin, in addition to our obviously main character Echo that we see a bit more of the violence that we are used to from the Netflix series, respectively. And I think there's a real possibility of that. I'd like to see some of that brutality because she's such a brutal combatant. She's such a physical knock-you-out fighter. Like takes after her uncle. Yeah, so I'd very much... if, If we get some more of that... I'd also, you know, it'd be in- interesting. Um, I forget the name of the movie, but there's a film that came out recently that got nominated for and/or won a bunch of movie uh, of awards about a person who's losing his hearing, and like the movie just gets quieter and quieter until he's deaf, and it's basically his journey to becoming deaf. Are you referring to the movie where the dude's the the, the drummer? I don't remember many other details about with this. Riz Ahmed. I never even saw it. I just heard about it. Because I watched this. that, and that was that was fucking good. Yeah, that sounds right. But yeah. I uh, and like the end. If if we get some scenes where they genuinely pull all the sound and we're like her for a second and get a real perspective of like things catching us off guard from peripheral and like the way that she goes about her business, it could be something really special and unique for the MCU. There's there's reasons to be have optimism. I'm going in glass half full, but with a little bit of skepticism still. But yes, this this isn't one of the most exciting projects, but it's an interesting one. I think one of the things, and the last thing that I'll say on this, that we, we've kind of discussed, but I think Marvel has since started to understand where it was going wrong with these uh, TV series at first, um, and why Hawkeye kind of sucked there towards the end, is they were giving a pitch count. Um, to every series where it's like these need to be done in six to eight episodes period we're not giving them extra episodes we're not allowing the story to unfold we're jamming too much shit into one tiny package um and i think that that 
if you go back and you allow that story to unfold better, you'd have to add, funny enough, you'd have to actually add some more, like, filler in there, some, like, more content. Yeah, you would need C lines and D lines. For Yeah, for sure. But I think if you did that, it would have been a much, much more crisp, like, ending to, or, or to it. And we wouldn't be looking back at it as being as flawed as it was at the very end. Um, if they can fix that and course continue to course correct and allow these things to play themselves out um, and not go, all right, well, this project, we're giving this one six episodes. This one deserves eight. This one deserves ten. Like, Daredevil's going to have 18. Yeah. Um, there's... There's rumors that they announced it as 18 and that it'll still be fragmented into many seasons within that. I will not. Yeah, I, but, I, I'm not going to go too far into that, but but I'm, I'm yeah, it's we it's really weird that they announced that one as 18. It's very bizarre. It is. And we'll see how that plays out. But that's my point is as they started allowing um, like Moon Knight, I think, again, it just not enough, not enough time. A very good Not in what it time. was, but could have been far better had we gotten more time. Um, that's something that I'd like to see them kind of course correct even further within this phase. And I think it'll make a big difference in Echo in particular, where it's a character that, again, a lot of us... May not be quite as excited about, um, just based on what we've gotten with that person so but far. But True. My my last ex- my last reason for potential excitement for Echo is the strength the MCU has in taking these lesser known characters and giving us rewarding stories around them, and I think that the strength of that comes from being less tethered to rigid comic book requirements, where like. Spider-Man, you don't get to completely rewrite Peter Parker because you know the fanboys ever are going to be like, why is Peter Parker and he came to her in her? And I just really farted while I made that verbal fart just now. So there's some authenticity in that fart rumble for you folks. That was impressive the way you disguised that, by the way. It was unintentional. I happened to fart while I was making a fart noise. Like that, That fart would have happened regardless. I just happened to be making fart noise at the time. But... They, because they're able to be so much more loose with the origins of Miss Marvel and make some backstory changes and do what they need to with her. Um, same with a lot of these lesser-known characters, with Guardians, with Ant-Man, with these successful projects like this, because they can be more loose, less rigid. And uh, so I'm, I'm, ho- I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously hopeful for Echo. But yes, yeah, not my most exciting project. And on that note, we will move on. Speaking of Miss Marvel. The Marvels? The Marvels. That's where we're going? That's where we're going. Okay, let's let's briefly recap the things that are leading... Where our respective trio of heroines find themselves leading into this film. So this film, as we know from announcements and from what has filmed and whatever, um, is all about the trio of... Monica Rambeau as an adult, as Photon, after gaining her abilities in WandaVision. Carol Danvers, and the utterly perfect Iman Vellani as Miss Marvel. And that's where we start. We start off the credit scene of Miss Marvel, where either 
So one of two things is believed to happen. We're not entirely sure, but I th- I think the presumption is that they've been swapped. The two of them have swapped places. That is Carol Danvers that is in her room at the end. It's not her suddenly looking like Carol Danvers. Correct. And that she's actually out in space wherever Carol just was. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a possibility, because we don't know where Photon is, that... She's, in fact, where Photon was, and Photon's in outer space, and the three of them were all swapped around. So they're just in flux. They're in flux, my friend. In flux. There's, uh, there is some comic book background to this in terms of their connection to one another, um, which is presumably what they're playing off of. I don't have the exact issue number or anything in hand, but that's, that makes for an interesting story to me. We don't know many other plot details than other than that lead-in. We know that fo- we know that uh, Monica, or uh, yeah, Monica Rambeau. We know that she spoke to a scroll <laughs> at the end of WandaVision. It was told she's going up to space. She's been called up by Nick, and we presume the real Nick, since we now know he was in a sword station while fake Nick the scroll was on Earth. Mm-hmm. Which oh, that's gonna be that's gonna be another fun like whole can of worms is unpacking the real nick fury we we're never going to know who the hell the real nick fury is in the first place but yeah that's that's really just disguised a mask yeah yep yep yep. you know what i mean um yeah this one is definitely off of my radar of like what the hell is going to happen at all i I really have no idea there's been production issues there's been placement issues and I actually think it's now, after all, that landed in a good spot for itself. Oh, for sure. I think it's in a great spot. I think this is going to be one of those that I think it's going to be really fun. Um, I don't know that it's going to be like a, any kind of heavy, you know, emotional intensity, anything like that. I think it's just going to be, you know, kind of a, a space, you know, space time hijinks, um, you know, uh Freaky Friday, you know, switching bodies yeah. and having the the multiplicity of um, of you know personalities interchanging through each other's bodies and kind of like phasing in, phasing out is uh, what I think. Kamala is, fangirling yeah. over Carol is going to be delightful stuff. Um, you're gonna like Carol. She get, she's going to get to play like the grumpy old the grumpy grizzled old vet which I think is going to be a better role for Brie Lar- better version of the character for Brie Larson to connect to being like cuz she's funny and has quips for days also and she'll get to quip in this ro- in this version of the character but she's going to be like this damn kid is pestering me type of quips and that's going to be a lot of fun I think. Well, and I think this one lands better than where it landed the last time in, you know, in um, Anticipation. Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, because, it, you know, people went into that. We had this, like, you, you get this, like, grand introduction to her or whatever, and it's like, then you get that movie where it does give some more backstory behind her, but there's just so much to be, uh, like, to be desired in there. Like, I really want to let her, you know, just kind of breathe. Yeah. And I think that that's what this is going to allow her to do. I think she, her character being in that more mentor role, um, I think it really does her service here. And I, like I said, uh, for that, you know, with the movie being pushed out or the project being pushed out, I think it fell in the perfect spot. Yeah. Not to mention the tension you're going to have between she and Monica, who, as we can tell lightly through comments from WandaVision, 
has a very begrudging thought process towards Carol Danvers. Like, does not think very highly of the woman that abandoned her best friend on Earth twice. Yeah. Like. Without really understanding yeah. the actual and gravity her, yeah. of what was going on. Cause that, but that's been a thing with um, with Carol in particular. Um, if there's any anybody that's connected to her, it's like she, she a, a, at any point in time, needs to run away. Sure. Like, she's constantly running away. Yeah. And this doesn't allow her to do that. Yeah, she's she really has to be back there. to people for she's whatever this reason is. Tethered. She has to be put into these situations where she has to help these people. She can't just go say, well, there's a whole other universe that needs to be saved. Like, you don't have that excuse now. Yep. Like, you're stuck. So, and you have to mentor. Because that's part of you being able to get back to your running away. And you wonder if that puts her back into more of a leadership position where she starts to understand, look, I, I need to be more than just everything to everybody. I, I can actually, I have a lot to be able to give and to pass on. Um, and I think that that's, like I said, I think that that's a really good role for her. Um, and I, I, like I said, this is one that I'm actually very excited for. I think it's going to be fun. I thought um, Kamala Khan uh, was... <laughs> fucking awesome I, I she's wonderful that that series for and we already know why it got you know shit tanked on and everything like that between the culture misogyny um, misogyny yes all of that it was fucking fun that it's series awesome. is awesome it is one of the better of all of the marvel series so far yeah and you can say what you want it's it's the same people though that love Peter Parker. Oh well, he's it, it, you're. She's a teenager, and it's annoying. Peter Parker is an annoying teenager. Yeah, they are the same person. They're literally the same person. They're just different fucking genders and cultures. Yep. Congratulations. Bingo. That's why it works so well. That's why the whole series, when you're watching it, you're like, man, this reminds me of Spider Man. And in a good way, not yeah. because they're, like, forcing it. No, that's just how it works. Yeah. And it works unbelievably well. The supporting characters, like, the whole thing just really worked for me. I was incredibly just thrilled with watching that whole entire series. Love I was, them all. I, I'm absolutely thrilled to see where this goes. And Photon, like I said, Monica Rambeau, she was one of, in WandaVision I thought was great overall, but... She was one of the the best parts of WandaVision. She's a great highlight of that series, no doubt. So, I'm I'm excited for it. This is the end of the first part of our Phase 5 preview. Tune in next week when the morons of the multiverse continue to talk about Phase 5. They're going to talk about it good. They're going to talk about it a lot. They're going to drift off topic and be weirdos like they are. Also, you know, like, follow, subscribe. Click the five-star button. Do the things. Hit the clickety clacks. Help the podcasters of the world out, people. Everybody knows podcasters need help. We deserve it. Just because we decide to ramble into a microphone, we deserve your help just for that, obviously. Also, if you want to hear us ramble more, Check out the other things here at Good Fun Media, After the Laugh Track, sitcom fandom podcast, dropping every Thursday. 
with various topics, including rankings of favorite things and sitcoms all time, individual shows, things we like and don't like about them, all sorts of other weird nonsense, as you would imagine, as it's a show affiliated to this show. Also, speaking of nonsense, D2B2 Sports, dropping really weird sports takes, gambling tips, both good gambling tips and bad gambling tips. You're going to have to kind of sift through them and figure that part out for yourself. And, uh, you know, getting into all sorts of other weird nonsense, including, but not limited to, drafting Muppets to build a fantasy football team, what famous workout beverage Rob Gronkowski could partner with TGI Fridays to sponsor. It just gets weird out there, folks. But tune in, check that out as well if you're into sports. And we uh, appreciate you, as part of Good Fun Media, checking this bad boy out. I've now begun rambling, so that feels like as good a time to end the show. Here we go. That new joint hit. Yeah. Just can't quit. Gotta, Gotta get, get jiggy, jiggy with, with it. it. That's, that's it. it. We don't have to keep watching Liam Neeson make action movies. Like, we don't have to do this, ladies and gentlemen. Like, as a society. We just, we keep choosing to, but we don't have to. For gosh sake, watch your language. The Rock Woman. My name's Johnny Knoxville, this is my buddy Thanos. Don't you know who I am? I'm the Juggernaut, bitch! It's a weird world we're trying to live in these days, but we gotta do it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> You cannot talk! One more word. And I will feed you to my children. It's beautiful. We knew you were going to betray us, so we built this whole plan around you doing it. What? You know what's crazy? That's really not too far off from a plot of Dr. Phil. Bet your ass. Steve, you said a bad language word. He may or may not also have a ship that he flies around primarily for orgies and stuff. And he tells me about this girl, Emily, that we used to kick it with. It was actually the first pair of boobs that I ever touched. And it's like club cold play. Ugh. Dude, it's so bad. Because like... it's just going to be Mike fucking mattresses. Gary, you son of a bitch. Oh, you kiss your mother with that mouth? Today, we're doing porta potty ski slope. I'm kidding, we are vegetarians. <laughs> Morons of the Cut the chat!